0: Welcome into B-Squared Deer Weekly Weather Podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, it's been a moderately quiet weekend and that's okay, but let's rewind to Friday where you guys were into some really good action. A uh, lot of tornadoes in the state of Texas, unfortunately none in Oklahoma, but weather Twitter was on fire and the videos and pictures coming out of these tornadic supercells were absolutely phenomenal.
1: So good. And I'm telling you, it was like right there. They were just dancing on the line of Texas and Oklahoma, basically. Like they were so close, but yeah, no, Texas got it. They got some really, really good tornado action. And like you said, yeah, the pictures and video that came out, you know, one of my favorites is the one with the double rainbow and the tornado. So good.
0: Just so good. It was, if you have not seen it again, just hop on Twitter. We will uh, retweet it on our page at weather podcast, but Um, If you do want to just look for weather photos sometimes, just do hashtag WX Twitter or hashtag weather Twitter, and it will pull up millions of great photos. Uh, Everybody just, we love taking photos of clouds. It's the most funny thing. If you really think about it, we're taking photos of clouds, which is nothing more than water vapor and atmospheric conditions, so. Exactly.
1: But it's just so cool that it is the atmosphere and nature forms all of these different types of clouds and things like that, just all on its own. And that's why we're all
0: obsessed. It is very true. We are very obsessed. So the setup for Friday was, you know, well forecasted. Storm Prediction Center did a great job, as they always do. But watching these storms form, and it wasn't one of these things where it's like, okay, late afternoon into evening and then nighttime storms, which is usually the case, but... Uh, you know, this was starting to pop right around noon central time, which is really early. And it was great to see because, you know, as somebody that lives on the West coast, two hours behind, I got to watch all day long. And for me, you know, being a weather geek and the fact that I do love this, it was pretty awesome to see.
1: It it was, it was great. And it was a very, um, it was kind of a cloudy and gloomy day and it was actually, a little bit chilly. And I almost think that's why around here in my area. So I think that's why we didn't quite get any severe action in my neck of the woods. And it was a little bit further south. But yeah, no, it was, there were storms all day long in central Texas, you know, Texas Panhandle, Oklahoma City. We just had rain and thunder throughout the day. And then a little bit in the later afternoon is when like, the storms came through. But like I said, here in central Oklahoma, they still weren't severe, but it was still nice to have a rumbling sky for a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've missed that. (laughs) No, absolutely. 100%. And again, we talk about the pictures. We talk about the photography and the video. I mean, again, there were damage. There was, you know, some houses destroyed, a lot of fields churned up, but it was pretty textbook. And, Again, we never want loss of life. We never want property damaged. You know, if we had our way, we would have an EF5 or a really beautiful stovepipe uh, just turn out in the middle of the field, and we would be very content with that. But these were very textbook storms, and it was great to see. The radar signatures were there, all that stuff, and it was just, you know, as a weather geek and as people who are really amped up for the official chase season, uh, this really was a great you know, kind of kick off to it. I know that Dixie Alley has already had theirs, and, you know, we've talked about that a lot on the show, but for the Central Plains to finally get into the action, I know that we had joked off air that a lot of people were saying, oh, it's going to be a quiet season. Just goes to prove that. We that's said not, that
1: last weekend, right. and then, boom, as soon as we said that, then there's these two pretty significant days that pop up, you know? So we know what we're talking about, I feel like. <laughs> Because yes, every time we say something, it changes.
0: Yes, we are the ones that sit there and, um, you know, we predict the hurricanes. And when we talk about it, saying it's it's quiet, um, yep, no, nope, apparently not. Yeah, we're like like wizards or something. We're weather wizards. Shout let's out to Dave.
1: change the podcast name to that. Yeah, let's not weather wizards.
0: <laughs> I think we would have to buy that from uh, Davis Weather Systems since that's what they call their early anemometer package, was the uh, Weather Wizard 2 and the Weather Wizard 3, I believe. Or no, it was the Weather Monitor 2 and the Weather Wizard 3. So
1: Okay, well, we'll just, like, change the spelling of wizard. It'll
0: be, like, (laughs) W-Y-Z-R-D. You know what I'm
1: saying? So it'll just be, like... I got you. I got you. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I see what you're doing over there. Mm, There's always a loophole. There's always that (laughs) You know, that's very true. Actually, there always is a loophole. Um, So weather finally, you know, was interesting on Friday storms moved off to the east. Um, Like they said, you know, you had some severe weather in Oklahoma City or not. Sorry, not Oklahoma City, but Oklahoma, uh, especially down around the Red River. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that you guys had your storm trackers out all day on Friday. Great TV coverage from all the TV stations. Uh, but it just, it felt like it's like, okay, we just want something else to pop and it never really did.
1: Yeah. Like it, it really tried. And like you said, there was a few storms in Southern South central Oklahoma and Southwestern Oklahoma that did get severe, uh, warned a little bit. I think it was mostly for wind, maybe for, um, a little bit of larger hail, but, um, you know, like you said, we were texting on Friday. They're like, oh, the Texas Panhandle looks interesting because there was like, you know, four lined up right there, all severe worn. It's like we got into Oklahoma and then they were like, (laughs) eh. They're like, we don't really want to be severe anymore. So
0: we tried. (laughs) So they stopped. (laughs) Well, you know, it's all right. Right. And you had mentioned the fact that it was cloudy. And I know David Payne had talked about that on some of his cut ins where, Mm -hmm. you know, even though you had the cloud cover, you guys still had a lot of instability. But it really does go and show the point that all it takes is one ingredient to be slightly off, and you have these very severe storms that run into this you know, area of, of um, air that's not conducive to sustaining life. And these severe storms quickly downgrade, and then they just become garden-variety thunderstorms. So that was very fascinating to see. So, again, had you guys had more sun breaks or had you guys had, you know, a clear day with you know, the humidity and the air support probably would have continued the severe storms into Oklahoma. And I know, you know, for a long time, they were talking about it. The storm prediction center was about it, putting out a severe thunderstorm watch for portions of central Oklahoma. I don't believe that ever materialized. And it just shows the point that again, not all the ingredients were there.
1: Yeah. Yep. like you said, it was just slightly off. And I honestly think it was the temperature. I don't think, it got warm enough, and I was even thinking that throughout the day. I was like, oh, mm, this is too much cloud cover. This is going to ruin, like, our chances, and at one point, there was a little break in the clouds, at least over my neighborhood or something, and I was like, oh, yes, maybe it's going to clear, and we'll get a little bit of heating now, and that will really help, and then it just, that little clear spot just clouded back up, and I was like, "Ugh." so <laughs> I think that that's what it was. It was just a little bit too cloudy. Long, and I don't think we got the, the heat we needed. We needed it to warm up just a hair more,
0: and it couldn't do it. It got close, but you know, as yeah. they say, close only counts in hand grenades and horseshoes and heart attacks, right? And heart, well, yeah, heart attacks too, absolutely. But have no fear because Friday was just a teaser, Bonnie. Uh, all the action looks like Tuesday could be the big day for uh, portions of Oklahoma, portions of Texas. And even into Kansas, because uh, you guys are now all in a slight risk. And when you look at the discussion from the Storm Prediction Center, it's saying that all hazards are possible, including very large hail and our favorite tornadoes. Boom!
1: I am ready, and and I feel like there's very high confidence for this because they've been talking about it for a little over right. a week now. So. I, you know, the Storm Prediction Center wouldn't be if they weren't like, mm, this is looking pretty interesting. You know what I mean? So I'm sure. really ready to see what it looks like, you know, later this evening, tomorrow, tomorrow night, you know, as we get closer, like, you know, how much certainty and risk comes about, you know.
0: You know, you mentioned one thing off the air before we started taping, and I and I do agree with you when we say this. When we are talking about a day, you know, and say it's like this, you know, we've known about this now five, six days in advance, right? Where Tuesday Mm -hmm. looks to be this great day. And yes, the Storm Prediction Center does a great job of analyzing the forecast that far out. But you made the point, and I do agree with it, that chances are we will see that upgraded from slight to the next two warning levels maybe, one, maybe two. Mm -hmm. Just because if you are seeing the parameters this far out, and our model guidance is pretty good that far out. Just imagine what's going to happen when we start to get into the, you know, two-day window. Once we get to tomorrow and we're within that 48 hours now and once we get into 24 hours, you know, the guidance locks in. The computer models hopefully are in much better agreement. It would not surprise me or you to see that risk level go up.
1: Yeah, and and that's, that's totally classic. I mean, it happened Friday, you know, we were in a flight for days and then right. That morning, they put two areas of enhanced risk in there. So it, it, it's totally possible. I, I have very high confidence that it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when and, and how high. You know, is it going to go to just enhanced or are we going to get a moderate? I don't think we'll get a high, but you never know.
0: Right. And let's just remind, you know, the listeners, if you guys are you know, trying to figure out what we're talking about, the Storm Prediction Center in the United States has five levels of thunderstorm risk category. Technically, it's six, but it's five. You have the general thunderstorm area. You have one which is now marginal. Two is slight, which is what you guys will be in currently for Tuesday. After slight becomes enhanced, then you have moderate and high. High is the big one. I mean, listen, anything over slight, anything from slight to high is considered, you know, prime thunderstorm chase. Let's get out there. Let's see what happens. And even, you know, marginal risk will put out thunderstorms with tornadoes occasionally. But once you get above slight, slight enhanced, moderate and high, you know, that's all eyes on the sky. That's, you know, make sure that you have your emergency preparedness kit ready to go. That is make sure you have a plan in place for loved ones. If you know these are forecast to hit in the afternoon or evening, make sure your storm shelter is ready. It's it's a serious thing to start, you know, seriously looking at. So, um, yeah, once you guys, anytime that you see the yellow come up for slight, the Brown for enhanced red for moderate or pink for high, it's all eyes on the sky. This is the, this is the big story weather wise and everybody will be watching it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, We all really get excited about that, and get excited about enhanced. And Mm -hmm. you know, people almost live and die by this scale. I know I do, and I have a T-shirt that's got it all listed. (laughs) Like so, you know, I like it's. It it works. I really think that it works, and it's a really good way to break it down. And I I know we've talked about it before, but I like that they also added the numbers to it because that also helps people understand. Because there's always been confusion with enhanced and moderate, and da da da. People don't know, you know which ones should be more higher than the other or whatever. More higher right. is not a phrase, but you're welcome.
0: <laughs> Proper English here <you're> M B squared. <laughs> That's right.
1: We do science. We don't do literature, so I'm not so good with the words. <laughs> we try. <laughs> um, so definitely adding the numbers in there, the one through five, um, really helps people, I think. So, yeah, like you said, once we get into flight and pass flight, everyone's you know, internal antennas are up and we're all on alert regardless of what part of the country it's in. You know what I mean? Like sure. you are always on alert for all the stuff that's happening on the other end of the country from you, but that's just your, you
0: know, meteorology bone tingling. Right, right. and it's true. And I mean, listen, out here in the Pacific Northwest, we live, in, you know, for parts of the summer where our Cascade Mountain Range and portions of the Willamette Valley where I am, You know, we can be in the general thunderstorm category, which means it would not be unlikely to see to see a thunderstorm. So today, perfect example. Most of the state of Oregon is in the general thunderstorm risk category, which means they could pop. You know, they're going to be garden variety, maybe some small hail, less than pea size, nothing really to write home about, except you might occasionally hear a clap of thunder or maybe see a lightning bolt. For me, that's like, okay, that's enough to warrant me wanting to go out, you know, storm chasing and do my thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to lend credence to anything or anything's going to happen. I'm just prepared. And the days that we do get into the marginal or slight risk in Oregon, I want to take the day off and go chase because it's a rarity for us here. So with that said, yeah, you pay attention to it. You mentioned the T-shirt you have that has the categories on it. I have the giant sticker from our friends from Holicity, now the Weathershed, uh, that I bought. that was way too big to put on the lap- laptop, so I just have it sitting there. i got to figure out where I'm going to put it. But it's great because these are the categories of thunderstorms that, yes, people need to pay attention to. And, you know, I am glad, as you said, they put the numbers out but you know when we look at tuesday going forward you know you got some big areas of population that are in this risk category including Oklahoma City Wichita Kansas Lubbock Texas Abilene Texas Norman Oklahoma Dallas Fort Worth Tulsa Arlington and Plano Texas all in the marginal risk so again that's a large portion of population that storms could be affecting people come tuesday so Again, just be prepared.
1: And just also keep in mind to not focus on where the line of the risk color is because that's just a ballpark. So that could definitely be fluctuating one direction or the other. Um, You know, if you're smack dab in the middle of one, well, that's that's your risk. You know what I'm saying? But when you're bordering the other one, you know, consider yourself in just as much risk because. Storms move, and they don't care where the lines are that say slight, enhanced, marginal, whatever. They don't care. They just go.
0: Exactly. And we expect these things, as the forecast discussion says, you know, there's going to be a very sharp dry line. That's going to slowly progress off to the east. So it would not be completely out of the realm of possibilities that all of these, you know, risk categories move slightly to the east. So you could be borderline. Say you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I get it. Currently, right now, you're in the marginal risk there's a very decent chance that that slight risk would then shift to the east and all of a sudden include Tulsa. So, you know, we mentioned the population. We're looking at 15 million Americans are within the marginal and slight risk for severe storms on Tuesday. That's a giant chunk of the country in terms of the population. And, this, you know, is
1: definitely nothing new. It's that time of year, so this part of the country is very much, you know, knows that this is that time, but it's just a matter of, you need to pay attention to those, to what days these risks pop up. So hopefully everybody is paying attention and um, I've got my sister going to come over here to my house that on Tuesday and Good. take care of Clyde while I'm out. And so there's that. And she can also get in the shelter if they need to. But, you know, the chances of my house getting hit, you know, just like everybody's house getting hit is, really small, but it's just good to
0: be prepared. 100%. And again, we talk about it on the show a lot. If you do not have a plan, you need to have one. If you're not sure Mm -hmm. where to start, call your local Red Cross, call your local fire department or police department. They will be able to help you and get you started on ways to make a plan and ways to keep yourself and your family safe because it really is important to do that.
1: And there's definitely lists and things like that that you can google yes. even pinterest has good you know emergency weather well not weather but just emergency kits and things like that of just good basic things to have put together in a tub or a gym bag or whatever that you keep that you can just grab or that you even just keep in your shelter and i actually have some stuff that i just keep out in my shelter and um, that includes some extra clothes washcloths like some different things like that you know um not food items because that's it's outside and I'm just going to leave it out there for years. Do you know what I mean? But sure. um, definitely, there's some things in there, and then I can grab whatever else and get in there if I need to. But um, I actually probably need to clean it out. I need to probably sweep it, make sure there's no spiders.
0: It's smart. I mean, and listen, you know, I've, like I said, worked in TV for a long time and uh, radio as well. And we have things and I had things when I was at the news radio station I worked for called a go bag. And all my reporters had one and editors and basically everybody but senior management. um, You know, we could be sent somewhere to cover a story on a moment's notice. And sometimes it's literally you just grab your go bag and go. That's why they call it a go bag. Um, But it had, you know, a couple changes of clothes. Um, maybe some food and water in it. Uh, you know, maybe some cash or a company credit card that you could use when you needed to travel last minute and you weren't really able to plan it. And listen, in news and weather, stuff changes on a whim. And one moment, you know, everything's great. And the next moment, say you have a giant ship that is run aground off the Oregon coast. And that's a big story. So you got to go. So you grab the go bag, grab the company car, and you're out. So, uh, being prepared just another thing that you you know need to be ready to do and so we talk about a lot here on the show just be ready to move at a moment's notice
1: and it's always good to have that because you know the other reason is is this kind of stuff can happen any time of year yes it it's just obviously now is the prime time but you know We had that huge, you know, winter storm that happened in February, which was a little unexpected because that was pretty extreme for it being February. And so that just goes to show you that you just never know when an extreme weather event or any kind of event is going to happen. And so it's just good to have some things on hand in the same place that you can quickly grab or get access to if needed. So that's just, you know, that's what we preach on this show. Be prepared. Like they say on the Lion King. (laughs)
0: <laughs> or the Boy Scouts. I mean, either one.
1: <laughs> now, to be fair, Lion King is getting prepared for something else, but they're still saying be prepared. So, you right. know, Scar knows what he's talking about.
0: Yeah, hey, you know what? It's the one thing Scar was, was appreciated for.
1: Mm-hmm. Just saying. His, you know, preparedness. Right. So.
0: Yeah, well, he's his own character for a different day. <laughs> oh, I'm
1: probably going to watch the Lion King later now.
0: <laughs> you totally should. And then I hope you grab Clyde and pretend he's baby Simba.
1: Right. I actually really need to watch the live action Lion King because I haven't seen it yet.
0: Neither have I. Let me know how it is.
1: Well, I'm really kind of afraid it's going to be sad because now it's like real real animals, not just animated animals. Because, you know, when Mufasa dies in the animated one, it's so sad every time. And so I'm just kind of worried the live action is going to be real sad.
0: I'm, and I'm I, a baby. I'm, I'm sure it will be. Um, have they done live action Bambi yet?
1: Um, no, and I'm not going to watch it.
0: Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I'm I'm down with. Bay I'm also B- not
1: going to do Pete's Dragon, the live action one, because I've heard it's really good but sad.
0: Okay, I thought Pete wasn't Pete's Dragon live animated. Wasn't the original... Yeah, w- yeah yeah, but the dragon
1: was animated. Remember? Yeah, yeah, but I thought that was and okay. not well.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah l- but then they get l- a really pretty one. Listen, that was like listen, let's, nice.
0: let let's not get this twisted here, okay? Seventies and eighties Disney movies were gangster and. The live and animated combo was still legit, okay? One of my all-time favorite scenes right. from Pete's Dragon back in the day is at the very end of the movie when they're painting the lighthouse and they do that epic pullback. To me, that was one of my favorite scenes.
1: Yes, that that's, that is a good scene. I, I did really like that movie growing up.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Is that on Disney Plus, the old one?
0: We're going to have to find out. I hope so.
1: Yeah, I hope so, too. They did just put both Nine at the Museums on Disney+, Plus, and I love both of them.
0: Good to know. Those are They're really good so movies. Good. So good. Um, yeah, but speaking of Bambi, Thumper is my Bambi spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah, just saying. Just saying. Yeah.
1: I think Clyde's spirit animal is flower.
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. I do love, I, lo- I found the, I was texting back and forth with a friend last night. We were sending each other Bambi, like memes and different uh, GIFs or GIFs or whatever you want to pronounce it. Um, and I found the one where he was about to take the bite of the flower and stops because his mother was like, excuse me. He's like, yes, I know, mama, they're supposed to be treats. <laughs> we don't just eat them. Like, that reminds
1: know. me of Ice Age. Remember when they oh, like, yes. when Sid's gonna eat the last dandelion or whatever, yep. and yep. he's like, "Oh, it must be the last one of the season." Have you seen a TikTok <laughs> where the chick does it? No. <laughs> and she eats the dandelion, and she's got a filter on that changes her face. Oh, and it kind of looks like an Ice Age character. And she goes, ooh, it's supposed to be the last one of the season. And then takes a bite of the flower. It kills me. I'll have to find it. But it's so good. I'm look- it's I- I'm, so oh, my good. gosh. I'm
0: looking it up right now. I found it. Okay.
1: It is so funny. I probably, uh, when I first saw it, I died. I just, I couldn't breathe. I was laughing oh so gosh, hard. I watched terrible. it like nine hundred times. <laughs> it's so good.
0: Yeah. Okay. Ugh. Listen, those little things, whatever they are. The seed pods, or I don't know what the what the actual name of them are for dandelions. But you get one of those in your mouth, it is absolutely incredibly difficult to get it out.
1: Yes, it's like it's like stuck in there. It's like eating a cotton ball.
0: It, 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 little, it legitimately is. It totally is. It's exactly the analogy and example you need when you're talking about that. Because
1: so. <laughs> I was going to say cotton candy, and then I was like, no, because that dissolves and it tastes good. Right. So not oh, and candy. See, now I want
0: cotton candy. I'm hungry.
1: Have you seen the video where the
0: raccoon is going to go wash off his cotton candy
1: so he can eat it
0: and it just dissolves? And he just like and his his mind's blown. Like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, I got to tweet that out because that is that is one of my favorites. Oh, my gosh. That
1: poor little raccoon. But that just tells you, raccoons, they might be called trash pandas, but they go and wash their food before they eat it. And they walk on two feet sometimes. Yes, yes they do. They're very sophisticated.
0: Um, Did I tell you that my brother-in-law and I harassed a raccoon over Christmas break? Why? So we were in Central Oregon, as you know, and there were some raccoons outside the house where we were staying and oh my gosh this is just classic (laughs) he's just like where did it go i don't get this i don't get this um so there were a couple of raccoons outside the house where we were staying in central oregon well they were rummaging through the garbage and so we would hear this like two nights in a row so following the third night i grabbed my high power flashlight walked outside and sure enough there were two raccoons digging through the trash well, when I kind of yelled at them, they scurried up the tree, and then they started hissing at me. So I grabbed my brother-in-law. I'm like, hey, these raccoons want to fight. He's like, okay. So we just went outside on the patio, and we were just harassing them with flashlights, and they kept hissing at us, and we'd hiss at them, and it was it was hilarious. <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh. It was about to be a rumble. Like, you it guys was. were about to, like, throw down. <laughs> I would have bet money the raccoons would win. Oh, 100%.
0: Alright, so if you've not been. if you have not seen the raccoon video, we have just tweeted it out on our Twitter page at Weather Podcasts and under the hashtag or under the saying love this raccoon. <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> I just feel for him because it's just like, oh, this is so good. And then dissolves into water and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna wash it. Okay. He's like, Oh wait, where'd he go? Oh uh, 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 bro, where 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 to go? He's looking around like uh, uh. <laughs> poor guy. I, I
1: think the full video shows that he does it one more time. He does. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then the third time he doesn't, he figures it out and then he doesn't go put it in the water. Yep. So that's, that's good. So yep. just so everyone knows there is a happy ending. It's just, everyone just sees the first part of that video, but he does get his cotton candy.
0: Yes, he does. And eats it. Yes, he does. So yeah, the full videos on our on Twitter page at weather podcast. Oh, Oh, and I found the world's biggest fart from the hippo, which is just classic. If you have not seen that, we will not be tweeting that one out. So. Now you're in a rabbit hole. I am. It's so bad. Of videos. So <laughs> Listen, when a video has 37 million views, you know, it's good. This one just happens to be a hippo that's farting and flailing his poo around. <laughs> <laughs> just being content doing what hippos do. That's right. Just being a hippo. Yeah.
1: Which, by the way, a hippo could kill you. Isn't that so scary? I mean, it it makes sense, but they're supposed to be just cute, you know?
0: They're big, gentle giants, but they can do very, very bad things to you, and that's that's very dangerous.
1: How can anything with those little cute ears that they flip around and that cute little tail that they flip around be so scary and like, hey, I'll kill you if you mess with me?
0: Because they can.
1: You know, when they eat the whole watermelon and they just break it, that will be
0: your face. That's very true. That is very, very true. Oh, man. All right. What do you guys have? We've talked about what you have coming up on Tuesday. But forecast-wise, what else do you guys have coming up in Oklahoma City?
1: Uh, That's basically it. Um, I think we have more storm chances towards the end of next week as well. So we'll see if any of that gets upgraded to anything interesting because you know this time of year any day can potentially turn into a severe day um i also think we have a couple of days in between with some um elevated high fire danger just because of wind because that's what we do here which by the way it's really really windy today super windy like rattling my carport kind wow of windy yeah
0: like it needs to calm down <laughs> calm down wind you should go outside and talk to it Right, am going to go out there yourself.
1: and harass
0: it. <laughs> Shine a flashlight on it and hiss at it.
1: <laughs> See if that does anything.
0: Yeah. Let me know. Let me know.
1: That'd yeah, be great TikTok be video. To
0: <laughs> <laughs> Woman tries to harass the wind. Wind wins.
1: Right. Woman tries to stop wind with flashlight. Does not succeed. <laughs> hey,
0: you could go viral. Make lots of money. I don't know. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> right. Oh, good Lord. Well, out here in Portland, um, Currently, right now, it's mostly cloudy. It is pretty breezy outside. Temperatures uh, are going to top out today probably in the mid to upper 50s. Uh, Chance of showers, you know, we talked about the thunderstorm risk for most of the other parts of the state. But uh, chance of showers tonight, tomorrow. Temperatures were (laughs) in the mid-80s last week, and they've now dropped into the mid-50s. So welcome to spring in the Pacific Northwest, where it's not uncommon to have a 30-degree change uh, in a couple days span. But with that said, uh, temperatures are going to rebound here. Once we get through Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, back up into the mid to upper seventies. So that'd be really nice. And then showers return for the weekend. But the big story out here in Oregon is our governor has not decided she's going to go into a full lockdown again on Friday. So, um, I could be out of a job again at the bar I work at. So knock on wood that my fellow Oregonians continue to wear their masks because I'd like to be able to go to work, but we will see what happens.
1: Yikes. Are you guys having some spikes in your numbers or something?
0: Yeah, but here's, and I don't want to, again, I've had the coronavirus. I'm not, you know, mocking this at all because I do understand it's serious. But our governor wants to go into full-on lockdown if we have 300 people in the hospital.
1: Oh. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense, like, to try to prevent the hospitals from getting
0: which, Overrun and which I which, uh, I which again I agree with, but we have enough beds, and I know that's all based on ICU beds, and what I don't think the governor understands is that you can change like normal rooms and make them ICU rooms. you just have to bring in additional equipment, but you know when you're worried about 300 people going to the hospital and you have 4.2 million people in the state of Oregon. The numbers don't really add up. And so again, I'm not here to preach about politics or reopening or not. If I had my way, we would have still wear a mask, but things would be much more open. Um, I just think what we've seen in Oklahoma, Texas, Montana, Florida, Idaho, other states with similar size populations have done a very good job of reopening for the most part. Now, with that said. Oregon right now is the hotbed of coronavirus, and again, our numbers aren't that big, but our governor wants to, you know, run things the way she sees fit. That's fine. I just wish that we would have a chance to, you know, reopen versus going what we did we're in the bar I work at. Last week, we had 100-person capacity. This week, we're down to 50, and there's a chance, like I said, next Friday, she says, close it up. So we will see what happens.
1: Yeah, and usually like bars and clubs and stuff are the first things to be closed, closed. They're not essential.
0: And the sad thing is all the studies that they've done throughout the entire coronavirus pandemic is restaurants and bars are one of the safest places you could be. And I just, I, you know, again, studies dictate things and I get it. We want to follow the science. We want to follow the numbers. Sometimes it just doesn't seem like they add up. But again, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not the Governor, so maybe she's seeing things that I don't, and that's fine, so we'll go from there.
1: Well, and I also understand trying to be a little overly cautious to try to not <clears throat> have what happened last year happen again 100%. around this time so it's I, it's got to be a very difficult job one hundred the governor and make those kind of decisions, yep. so hopefully, like you said, she's listening to science and has other you know information and stuff that we just
0: don't have right no i agree 100 percent. i'm just i'm just voicing my opinion as somebody that works in a you know a business that relies on people being there and yes it's great that we can limit people and i'm all for being safe and i'm all for wearing a mask but when you're telling me now the cdc says kids can be within three feet of each other and be totally fine and adults have to remain six feet yeah I, again i'm not a scientist when it comes to viruses and you know epidemics let's just set one standard and stick to it let's not keep moving the goalposts because that's what's driving people nuts it's what drives me
1: yeah and honestly that doesn't make any sense like what's okay about kids being closer to each other than adults like i don't
0: know what that means but okay (laughs) yeah okay sure whatever whatever you say so anyways i digress but uh i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with you on tuesday um you know Real big chance that you guys are going to get some really nice storms, and I hope that you guys get a bunch of discrete supercells. And I want textbook tornadoes chewing up farm sides and, you know, cornfields and being like that last scene from Twister, because that would be awesome.
1: Yes. And, you know, this will be my first official chase, I guess. So I'm pretty pumped about Tuesday also.
0: I can't wait for you to experience this because I am going to be living vicariously through you by watching the radar while I sit at work and move Amazon packages.
1: Well, and I will let you know what part of the state and what storm or storms I'm on. <laughs>
0: right. Oh, trust me. I, and I'll be all over it. I cannot wait. So yeah, follow along on our adventures of what's going to happen on Tuesday on our, on our uh, Twitter page at weather podcast. We'll post some stuff on Instagram, uh, same name, weather podcast, Facebook, B squared weather, uh, it's going to be a fun day. I cannot wait.
1: I'm 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 pumped. I'm pumped. A little bit nervous, but really pumped.
0: Get psyched! psyched. <laughs> I love. It. Well, another great edition of B squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon,
1: and I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma,
0: and we will talk to you guys next week.
1: Bye.